0: I'm going to have a bad day if I do that. So again, knowing what's causing this, what's causing the behavior, how can I make some mindful tweaks so that I don't catapult into that trend? Welcome to the Build with Gray Beck podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Braybeck.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Build with Braybeck Podcast. Happy Thursday. I hope you guys all had a lovely, long holiday weekend. I definitely did. If you're listening from like around the Boston area, it was, you know, another really, really mean by mother nature holiday weekend. We got a crap Memorial Day, a crap 4th of July, but you got to just make the most out of it. And I feel like we really did. So it was lovely. I have an extended weekend because my company is lovely. (laughs) So... It was so nice to, like, have so much fun over the weekend, and I saw so many friends. We were on the North Shore, we were on the South Shore, we were all over town. And now it's nice to just, like, have a couple extra days to, like, all right, now we now we get it together. Um, but I think my high, besides that, like, who doesn't love some time off, um, would be that it was announced today. Obviously, I have known and if you watch my Instagram stories, you have known because I've been obnoxiously posting Instagram stories there um, that I am going to be teaching at the Handlebar. So if you're in Boston, you know what that means. If not, um, it's a wonderful spin studio um, that I just feel really honored to be starting teaching there. It was like one of the first um, spin classes that I ever took. And I have always been so blown away by, you know, the experience that I had as a writer, how involved they are in the community, um, just how tight-knit of a community they are. So I'm so excited. I feel like it's just going to be such a positive experience. And even just them posting on their Instagram, I already feel like so blown away, obviously by like my friends and family support, um, which does, you know, doesn't make it any less like unnoticed. I, my heart was so warmed today with everyone's messages and texts and makes me so happy, but also like so many of the instructors and writers like added me on Instagram and sent me messages and Left really nice comments on the posts. So it just, it feels like the beginning of something positive. So um, if you are in the Boston area and you want to join me for my first ride, it's next Tuesday morning at 7.15 in Southie. So fun. Just go um, to the Handlebars website or app to sign up. And then my low is literally just that like I'm almost 30 and I can't freaking hang. I have like a handful of drinks and feel like garbage for the rest of my life. So that's something that we worked through this weekend. Uh, I found no solutions, but liquid IV helps. (laughs) Um, Recommendations for the week. We really didn't like watch that much stuff, but we did watch the Bo Burnham documentary, which was hysterical. And there are, if you waste so much of your time on uh, TikTok like I do, you'll recognize so many of the viral sounds are from that. So it was just funny. It's super, I mean, not lighthearted because it's like dark, kind of like COVID times, but it I was cracking up. It was so good. And then we also watched My Octopus Teacher. It was weird choices all around, but like super fascinating and different than what I normally watch. So I would recommend not like a Super hot take, super passionate about it. It's no hills reaction videos, but go forth. Um, and before we head into this episode, uh, I just kind of want to leave it up top that trigger warning. We do talk about eating disorder, eating disorders, and body dysmorphia. So, um, a lot of the topics really are surrounding that. Um, and just kind of like healing your relationship with your body and a lot of the work that Izzy does. So just know that if you're not in that headspace, just wait till next week. Um, but I think you guys are going to love Izzy. She is just such a light. She's doing so much great work in the Boston fitness industry. So, you know, enough's enough. Let's get to it. Enjoy. I am so excited for today's guest to come on and help us all make peace with our body and mind. She is a personal trainer, instructor at Barry's Bootcamp, certified healthy mindset coach, precision nutrition level one coach, and no big deal, creator of both the Wildflower Project and Body Love Soul Method. The Wildflower Project is an initiative to create community connection and awareness around mental health body image, and our everyday struggles that we all face, but don't talk about enough. And the Body Love Soul Method is a small group program that teaches and empowers you to retrain and reframe your mind on how you view yourself, your body, and your self-worth. I'm so excited to chat with this gem of a human. Welcome to the podcast, Izzy Atkinson.
0: How are you? I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I do my research. You're a busy girl. You're doing a lot. Yes. Yes.
0: (laughs) Doing all the things.
1: Like we were just saying, now that the world is back open, it's like normal life of a fitness instructor again, like here, there, and everywhere.
0: Yeah. I feel like it's even crazier in some ways, like just, Pedal to the metal, back in it.
1: Yeah, because we're not used to it. Because you teach at more than one location of Berries, right?
0: Yep, so I teach at all three. Well, I sub a lot, but I do teach at all three. Okay. Um, and then I have my own. I do some one-on-one and small group training clients um, at a little boutique space, the Grit Academy um, yeah. on Berry Street. Yeah, so definitely busy with the fitness stuff. It really ramped up post COVID.
1: I, I know it's so great. I mean, let's just start with like your journey to becoming a fitness instructor um, and then like quitting your corporate job, starting your foundations and everything, your projects. I want to hear it all.
0: Ah, uh, so, well, back when I was in college, I knew I wanted to get into fitness. Um, I was working with a trainer and she was like, why don't you do like a fitness competition? because I couldn't afford her anymore, honestly, in college. And so I did these fitness shows and I was so inspired by the piece of fitness that was about getting stronger, um, and like doing something for yourself. Right. And so I remember being like, wow, this really empowering piece of fitness is so amazing. I need to do this. So I did the nine to five thing to make my parents happy. You know, I was just about to graduate college. Um, I ended up working in an ad agency for a year and then I found myself in like high level recruiting. Mm -hmm. And a couple of years into that, I was like, I have to do this. You just had that feeling in your gut of like, I need to be pursuing something I'm passionate about. Yeah. And when I had been in college, I had actually tried to pass the NASM test, didn't really study that much. And so I didn't pass. Yeah. So it's hard. my god it was so
1: it's so technical like that's what I struggled with so much
0: and it's so like specific to the NASM way yeah so a couple years into my corporate job I said I need to do this I'm going to do it right I'm someone who learns by really applying things versus reading a textbook so I went to like personal training school in Boston like passed the test and pretty much quit my job with no plan. So that's the oh, one right. thing I always say to people when I look back, that was not well thought out, but, um, gosh, almost four years ago, I quit my job. I got hired at Brennan by Ray. They were at the time expanding, um, from their Belmont location into the seaport. So it felt like, yay, this is an amazing opportunity to break into fitness. And it really was, I learned so, so much in that process. Um, I will say there's challenges to working for startup type gyms. And so financially it was such a drastic shift from having a corporate job to then fitness full-time and being young and naive and not having, you know, everything put together the way I probably should have. (laughs) Um, I was like, I can't do this. I'm not making this work. Like I can't, I can't survive. Like what am I going to do? So my current, I still actually have a corporate job. A lot of people don't know this about me. I still have a corporate job on top of all the other things. So I contacted my job, Isaac Miller, and I said, You need to hire me back. Yes, <laughs> please hire <have> me <laughs> part-time. I'll do whatever. Because they were really supportive of me embarking on this like, you know, soul-driven journey. Right. Um, so, anyways, I went to, I ended up going back to Isaac Similler to have some financial stability as I continued to work my way in the fitness industry. And over the years, I worked at Burning by Ray for three and a half years. I was at Flywheel for a year. Um, yeah. I thought been-
1: about I- that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because then they closed. Oh, then they right. closed. So, um, and now I'm at Berries, which is super exciting. And um, such a big deal. Yeah. It feels really good. I think something that when you're breaking into fitness, not enough people talk about is like, it makes sense to, not everyone's going to start at the top, right? Like to me, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm really grateful that I started at a place of Brandon by Ray, a little bit smaller. And I really had the opportunity to learn, to like soak up everything like a sponge, get really good at my craft of training and teaching. Um, so I feel like, because I'll meet people that are wanting to get into fitness. And they're like, how do I get a job at Berries? And I think, yes, yeah, some people can do it right out the gate. But I was saying to some of these, these people I've had conversations with that, it's actually really nice to get to, to start at a berries when you're finally really, really confident in what you're doing. Yeah.
1: Because versus... that's how you're going to be successful at a place exactly. like that too.
0: Exactly. Totally. So yeah, now I'm at berries. I have my own clients. Um, it's all wonderful. I know. I feel like I'm like getting long winded with the question.
1: No, um, I mean, this question is meant <laughs> to be long winded for sure.
0: Um, But basically, you know, right before, literally right before COVID happened. So I'm teaching, you know, I have some clients, all good in fitness. I had started to share on my Instagram years prior that I had struggled with disordered eating, body dysmorphia, um, and was like overwhelmed by the response of people feeling so seen by what I was sharing. And this this was even before Instagram was like trendy, really. I mean, I was doing this years ago and so, as I continued to break into fitness and teach and, and meet different women, um, I realized that almost everyone I was interacting with truly had some level of whether it was an issue with how they felt about their body or they were coming to the gym from a negative place of wanting change, um, you know, not just feeling deeply insecure about themselves, um, struggling with anxiety. And so, the more I continued to share these things, through my own healing journey, the more that I felt really called in a direction to start doing work in that space mm-hmm. because it was something that I would light up about. Like when someone wanted to have a conversation after class about body image, I'm like, yes. Oh my God. Like I get so excited. Yes. And so that was totally
1: relate. Yeah,
0: that was such a strong message for me, obviously from the universe. Okay. As you know, this is something you should really start thinking about. And at the time I had been really in my healing journey for years and years and years and sharing every piece of it and the mental health piece of it. Um, And so that's how really body love soul method was born. I knew right before COVID that this was work. I wanted to start doing, I wanted to use you know, my knowledge and experience of coaching in fitness in a way that translates more into the self-worth, the body image piece, disordered eating, um, because those are all my struggles. I didn't know who the F I was. I thought it was just about how I looked. My whole life I have been validated based off my appearance, good or bad. Um, I never knew anything else. And so once I embarked on this really intensive healing journey with myself, I couldn't believe how much my life could change. Um, And so that's the work that I'm doing now in the Body Love Soul Method, which is just, it's so rewarding. It's like a dream for me. Um, And then Wildflower Project was born in a similar scenario. After classes, a lot of women would come up to me and say, I really loved that you shared about depression on social media. I love that you shared about anxiety. I wish that I knew how to connect with other people about these topics. And so at the time, I was going to tons of networking events for fitness, right? Like there's always classes. Oh, come right. take me those classes, come connect. And I'm like, why doesn't this exist for, you know, mental health, essentially? Like, why can't we do the same thing? These kind of networking, these meetups, um, there used to be like, I loved Sarah Gaines, the why society, she yeah. would and talk about like entrepreneurship and things like that. So to me, I was like, why isn't there something dedicated to the mental health space in a community setting? Um, and so that was born like six months before COVID Wildflower Project was born. Um, we did monthly events. It was really, really wonderful. Such, such incredible conversation. Um, and then obviously with COVID, put a little, little pause on the in-person events, hoping to ramp them back up soon. But yes, that's my long-winded answer. <laughs>
1: I love it. No, I love that. Like you shared like the ups and the downs of it because I there mean, were one, of be fooled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's a real life. Like, I mean, in general, being a fitness instructor is a very glamorized yes. job. Um, and I think if you talk to any fitness instructor, they will be very fast to to like tell you that and yes. be clear about it is amazing but it's also a grind right um and also like the so relatable bit of like i had no plan and i like especially as like a young 20s you know like yeah. uh i jumped at this thing that i thought would be great and then i was like wait no hire me back like yes i've been there i know multiple friends that have been there and like
0: <laughs> yep
1: it happens it happens you have to
0: like I remember when that happened and I feel like everything does happen for a reason. I look back and I'm like, it totally makes sense that this happened this way, but it was so hard from an ego perspective. I was like,
1: yeah,
0: oh my God, I have to like go back to this job that I just quit and told like the whole world. I'm like going to, you know, be this amazing fitness entrepreneur. Yeah. (laughs) No idea what I was doing. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny. It's funny how it ends up, but yes, it's. It's an up and down journey. Like, I think you're so right. It's fitness is so glamorized, especially now with Instagram. Like, and I think about a lot with Peloton specifically because I feel like they're like celebrity instructors. Yeah. Um, it is the most rewarding job. I can't imagine my life not being in fitness. But I totally agree with you that it's such a grind. And you, I. I stopped taking care of myself probably the first three years I was in fitness. Like totally. I just didn't know how to have my own fitness and my own self-care routine. And at the same time really promote that to others. And so I remember that being a big struggle.
1: Yeah. hundred percent can relate. Like I look back to my like pre pandemic self and it gives me like such severe anxiety because I was going, thousand miles an hour. And like, I even like look at pictures and I'm like, I look unhealthy. Like mm-hmm. you can see it in my eyes. Like there's nothing left to give.
0: <laughs> yes. I know the feeling. well. <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I think the last year it was a good reset and like I agree. learning how to maybe find that balance. Yeah. Um, but okay, let's talk about the body, love, soul method a little bit, because I am so intrigued by it you know me, it's right up my alley. Um, So you got to talk about why you created it, but maybe uh, talk to us about like, yeah, like, more about, you know, why you created it, kind of how you programmed it? How does it work? Why is it different than other? um, Like body image kind of workshop things?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like, I obviously shared a little bit already, but my backstory is that literally from the age of 13 is when I was like, quote unquote, diagnosed in therapy with body dysmorphia. Um, and for me now being almost 30, when I look back on my life, my relationship with my body, my body was the vessel for such low self-esteem and low self-worth. Um, So I really struggled from a young age. And a lot of that had to do with being in relationships too, that were really unhealthy and centered around my appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, And so my image was just always like a loaded gun, like in one direction or the other. It was either that I was getting a lot of positive, only positive attention from my appearance or like, you know, when I actually first went into the corporate world, I was bullied like crazy by other women at my job. And so, like, it was- how so? Oh, also, like-
1: why would anyone be mean to you? I'm shocked.
0: Um, I <laughs> it's interesting. I am so different now than when I was when I was younger. I think so. Something like a body image thing for me at a young age was that I was really competitive with girls when I was in high school and middle school because it was like a defense mechanism because totally. I had been bullied a lot by my girlfriends and then I remember like my high school boyfriend like cheating on me all the time and I was like, I hate girls. Like you know I was like, I can't yeah. trust a single female. And we're also, yeah. if you think about it, we're like taught to be that way. So when I started getting into fitness shows at the end of college and into a little bit after college, It was the first time I had been, in my opinion, really put in a space of women I didn't know. And they were so empowering and so uplifting. So I said, I got to hold on to this energy and like really start to trust female relationships. So when I got to my corporate job, you know, where I work or where I did work, you know, they – I wasn't like the typical person they would hire. I have tattoos. I have a lot of piercings. If you Google me, you can find me in a bikini from my competitions. Like yeah. they tend to just hire a different, different type. So yeah. I come in and people were like horrified. And I just remember that a bunch of women that worked on my floor were, um, Googling Someone had heard through the grapevine that I was like this fitness competitor at the time. Yeah, and they were sending like b- bikini photos of me around, just, like throughout the office to like other people. That um, is and
1: absurd.
0: And I Are get in get, trouble. Oh yeah, this became a whole thing. But like that
1: feels like an HR nightmare. Oh,
0: no, it definitely was an <laughs> HR situation. And um, and you know, another thing I got bullied for a lot too at both of my corporate jobs um was the way that I ate, and I feel like. That is
1: such a real thing with yeah. like corporate culture. The comments on Really,
0: the food. like, again, looking back now, being older and just in a different place, when I was at those, when I was first at my advertising job and then at the beginning of Isaac Similar,
1: mm-hmm. I was
0: deep in my disordered eating, like, deep yeah. in it. And obviously, people didn't know that about me. They don't know me. And it was so. I was constantly questioned and judged and asked why I would be eating. Like, you know, I would do like ground Turkey and like some little rice and like bean, like, and like some vegetables, which is a fine meal, but like I would never indulge in like any of the stuff within the office. Yeah. And I was super, super quote unquote, clean eating. And I remember feeling so bad about myself because I would constantly by different women specifically be like, you know, you know, just one-off comments like, ew, look what she's eating. Right. That's so boring. How do you eat that food? And again, it's just, we look back, I look back in it now and I'm like, it's ridiculous, but I think it's also something important to to talk about because when people are in those places, I already knew I had an issue, but like, they made me feel so much more ashamed of that issue yeah. that I was having. Like, I was like, yeah, I wish I could let loose and have just one donut at the office. But if I have the one donut, I'm probably going to have a binge eating episode. Yeah. So like, <laughs> there was so many layers to it. Um, So that was definitely a struggle for me. Um, transitioning into the corporate world. But really with the Body Love Soul Method, what happened is over the last 10 years, really, I started working with my therapist seriously and saying the way that I feel about my body, I know is not normal. Um, I, you know, at times was so incredibly fit and lean and be like crying all the time, all the time. If I had to go on a date with my boyfriend and didn't like my outfit crying, Mm -hmm. like this is such a reality for me. It was just like such a dark time and either starving myself or, totally binge eating for like hours, sometimes days. Totally. And for me through therapy and really getting honest with myself and what we do in the body love soul method is that our bodies are, they're the vessel of what is like the emotion inside. And so for me, it was really never about my body. I was struggling after being in two really emotionally abusive relationships. Um, I didn't have any sense of my self-worth. I felt like people only loved me for my appearance like I didn't feel like people like ever got the chance to know who I was like no one ever said I was smart or funny or you know it was always like she's beautiful or she's skinny um and so the, I, I was lonely I think a lot of that time and so there comes a time when I think people get really sick of their shit I don't know if I'll mm-hmm. have some the podcast no um, you can say whatever you okay. want okay <laughs> I think for me, I hit a place where I was like, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from hating myself. What is going on here? Um, And so that's when at the time too, I really dug into the fact that I was dealing with a lot of anxiety. I was dealing with depression and I had never kind of put a name to them. I just Mm -hmm. knew I was struggling with something. So throughout that whole process, you know, through all these messy up and downs and learning so extensively through my own healing process, therapy, the work I've done in myself, realizing what works, what doesn't work um, and allowing my vulnerability to be seen and shared in the hopes of helping others. It just brought me to creating, like it literally just felt like such a natural thing that happened. So, giving birth to Body Love Soul basically happened. I said right before COVID, I knew I wanted to make this transition. Um, A lot of people know Jess Glazer. She's a business coach. And I was like, Jess and I used to compete together. And I knew if and when I felt ready, she was going to be the person that I wanted to help me bring this to life. And I had sat on this idea of Body Love Soul method for a year. Mm -hmm. And so, I finally said, "This is the time in 2020. I'm doing it. It's a new, you know. Before we knew 2020 was going to be awful, I'm like, new era. Like this is going to be my year. (laughs) The glow up 2020. Like, (laughs) which in some ways it was, but um, So, anyways, Body Love Soul Method was born, and to give a little more breakdown to it, Body Love Soul Method it ends up being about a 10 to 12 week program. I keep it really intimate." which I think is one thing that makes me different than other coaches is we see And there's, this is no shade to anyone. We see a lot of online uh, programs offering it to a lot of people. And with this work, because it's so deeply personal and almost exposing in some ways that I want to keep it really intimate. Um, So typically like right now we have six women in the course currently at the moment, um, And we work through a variety of different topics over those 10 to 12 weeks. And I would say that clients I've had and the way I describe it from a high level is really that it's life coaching meets therapy meets self-worth coaching meets disordered eating work. Like it's a lot of life coaching aspects, but there's such a strong emphasis on body image and self-worth. Right. And um, disordered eating, because typically the women I work with have a really loaded relationship with food. Um, a lot of them have had, you know, like binging and purging. A lot of them have been on chronic diets their entire life. Um, you know, sometimes these women are either on that flip flip side, maybe they've put on a lot of weight but they know that they don't want to do the things they did before because it never got them to a place where they felt good about themselves. In fact, they felt worse. So that tends to be the driver for why women get interested in this program is because it is about body image and disordered eating. But once we're in it, I think that the women, what they get the most out of it is so much beyond that. It's really about like, who am I and how do I discover that within myself? And setting boundaries and knowing my self-worth and um really like we're like an onion it's like peeling back all these layers to who you actually are in here i think that so many of us hide we don't expose who we are we're too afraid to we're too afraid to try new things or face our fears or put ourselves first and say no to that person that's been hurting us or say or put a boundary up with a family member that makes you feel really crappy about yourself um so we do so much work around all of that. We work through trauma. Um, we do some hormone. We ha- I usually bring guest coaches in, so we have like some hormonal health weeks. I mean, there's so much we talk about. Um, but yes, I feel like that rambled. But it's an amazing. No, program. it's so
1: interesting.
0: I think that also what makes it different, and I've been in some gr- group programs myself. Um, I am these women. Like, that's the biggest thing is like, I am them. They are me. And that might sound weird to say, but I think that there's such a deep level of connection because I have lived in their shoes in one way or another. Even if we have not lived the same exact life and the same exact experience, every time I do calls with these women to see if they're a good fit, it's like talking to myself five years ago. It's, Mm It's insane. And so, um, I try to really show up as a coach, but also really as a friend, um, and someone who can really provide a safe space. And I think that with the topics of body image and disordered eating and self-worth, you know, we're seeing obviously this wave now of like body positivity and accepting your body in all sizes and body acceptance. And it's wonderful. I'm really glad that the needle is turning in that direction, but there it's, People are seeing it online, right? But they don't feel that they're in a community with them. And so that's really what I try to do in Body, Love, Soul is that you might feel seen on Instagram and that's great, but you said no one in your life sees you, no one in your life gets it. You have no one to talk to about this. All of a sudden, I'm going to bring you into a community of women that completely see you and understand you and you're going to be able to empower them and they're going to be able to empower you in the process. So. It's wonderful. I love it uh, so, so much.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's like a nice, safe space, which don't we all need that? Yeah, um No, I love that so much and I relate to so much of what you said because the stuff that we go through with our body image normally stems from other things mm-hmm. like self-worth and knowing your true self and all of that stuff and taking the time to learn about yourself. So I think that's huge. Um, you know, it's a lot deeper than just how you look. Um, but I mean, obviously it's a 10 week program or something. So there are a lot of pieces of it, Mm -hmm. but would you be willing to share any like, like activities or practices that you know, people listening could maybe take away, um, in terms of, you know, bettering their body image.
0: Absolutely. I mean, we're a couple weeks in right now, my current group, and some of the things we've done the past few weeks two exercises that I think are really helpful if you're kind of maybe just starting out to thinking about these things or knowing you're struggling a little bit. Um, so one thing I love to do at the beginning is emotional awareness tracking. And so mm-hmm. my version of this is basically you look at your Monday for Friday, and I'm going to ask you to color code that week based off of how you're feeling. And it's super simple. Red is super shitty. Yellow is neutral. Green is great. And what I ask the women to do is, okay, for the next week, we're going to emotionally awareness track. So if on Monday, you know, it was a red day. I wanted to color it in red and write one or two words, or it can be like a super, super short sentence as to why it was that color. Mm-hmm. And almost like, you know, I don't need a journal entry. Keep it simple. What comes to your mind because of why you had a bad day? Okay, what comes to mind? You had a neutral day. Maybe nothing really happened. It was fine. So maybe the red day, someone had a binge eating episode. Red. They wrote binge. Yellow, normal day, nothing happened, felt not bad, not good, felt pretty even keeled. Work was, you know, work was normal or something, let's say. And then a green day could be like, you know, date night, whatever. So the whole thing is that with the color coding, it's actually really interesting because when you can see something visually for yourself. So let's say they do this, we do this for a couple weeks, all of a sudden you're able to see trends. So a lot of times. There'll be multiple red days in a row, especially if it's related to like, I'm going to keep using the binge as an example. If someone has a binge eating episode, they feel really crappy about themselves. They're going to typically what I've seen is they end up having multiple red days after that, because they feel so badly about the binge that then they go on to either maybe more days of that or more self-sabotaging behavior. It could be restricting over exercising. And so the goal is to pinpoint what's happening in these red days so that when they happen, you don't have a red week. How can you have one, if there's going to, there's, everyone's going to have red days. You're everyone's going to have bad days. How can you put the emotion to what is causing what's going on that day? And how can we say, okay, I know this is what causes today. Or even if you wrote just stress, stress, made me have a bad day today. What can I do the next day to at least get myself into the yellow space? So maybe you're not getting to the green, but what can I do to take the stress down a little bit? If I had a binge eating episode, like the first thing you should be doing is getting yourself into some comfortable clothes. Cause typically we'll see a lot of people get in the scale the next morning. It's total self-sabotage, like guilty. I've done it a million times in the past. I'm going to have a bad day if I do that. So again, knowing what's causing this, what's causing the behavior? How can I make some mindful tweaks so that I don't catapult into that trend? Um, So that's been a really helpful exercise. And then something else I'll share is, I think anyone can benefit from this. I don't think that you need to have an issue with your body. I don't, I mean, I think you could be, anyone would benefit from this. Um, And other people that work in different mindset coaching and things like that can probably speak to this, but Mm -hmm. Writing down your story, in my opinion, is one of the most powerful exercises to do. Um, The first time I actually did this was at Lululemon, oddly enough. It's so funny. And the power of writing your story is that it gives you an opportunity to revisit your life. And everyone's going to be different, but I really guide the women. I say, you know, what can you think of from different eras or chapters or seasons of your life Up until this point that got you here and after you do that you really want to focus on specific themes that were coming up for you they could be good they could be bad but what were those pivotal moments in your life that you feel really defined who you are today and a lot of times in the body love soul method and in that moment it's something they're struggling with right Right. typically those are moments that they struggled with and what we do is a lot of times those moments are very much weighted in trauma Um, and we work on how do we process what happened in these pivotal moments so that it's a part of your story, but it isn't who you are. Like it doesn't need to
1: define everything that you are.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Um, And I think it's a, it's an underrated thing, but I found that every client I've ever worked with has almost felt this like relief to actually write it down and just because sometimes we put the pain in our mind is so much it it, we amplify things for ourselves a lot of times as humans it's just what we do but if you can actually put pen to paper and just make it this like exercise where you sit down and you just go through it versus I'm not asking you to relive it I'm just asking you to tell me I think a lot of times too for women it helps them confront certain things that in their mind they've been afraid to revisit but once they say it out to the group like yeah. they realize no one's judging them for that no one's. right you know, we don't want them to feel the shame um so those are a couple things we do last thing i'll share is um something really simple i actually shared this on my instagram today is dressing for the body you're in now that's yep. been the, the practice that we've been doing all week with the group love that <laughs> all week because it's and there's some meme going around right now or some photo on Instagram where it's like this person shared like you normally try in a shoe and if it doesn't fit you you like get the next size because the shoe right. doesn't fit your foot but with clothes like we don't do that
1: we like no like, ourselves. squeeze into these motherfucking pants
0: yes like if it kills me exactly and so <laughs> Something that i challenge all the women to do right now this week is really go shop for the body you're in. If you go up a size, it's okay. Like I'm living that myself right now. Like I've gone up a size all year this year and, but I'm so much more happy and comfortable being able to put clothes on this body and honor the current body I'm in. And even if you don't love it, right. It's not about love. It's about how can I at least make the body I'm in right now? How can I feel good? right? I'm not going to feel good trying to squeeze into those jeans that are literally making me suffocate. And it makes me feel bad. And it makes me feel like I'm big and this and that. Um, So that's been a big challenge for them this week is dressing for the body you're in right now. How can you do that right now versus continuing to go in your closet and grab the pair of jeans that fit two years ago that you just keep in there because you want to get back into them. Um, It's it's little things like that, that the more you can challenge yourself in those ways, the more you're going to start taking steps in the right direction.
1: Yeah. I love that so much. I mean, all of it. And I think that the first two things that you mentioned, everyone could benefit from that. Cause it really is just like emotional awareness yeah. and like getting in touch with your shit um, exactly. for like lack of a better yeah, <laughs> way of saying it. Saying it. <laughs> um, but with the, Buying clothes that fit you, I feel like it's so funny that it's such a tricky one.
0: Right. Because
1: it is, I would say, most like females would mm-hmm. have experienced that at some point or another. Like, I just went through my clothes and threw away a bunch of stuff that I'm like, literally, why do I keep this one every single summer? I try it on. I can't button it. Like, I – feel like I'm stuffing myself in it. I'm mm-hmm. spilling out of it and I'm still going to put it back in the drawer and like hope that maybe next summer it'll work. Like, no, right. it's okay. And I feel like that is such a big piece also is what you said about taking the pressure off right. of being absolutely in love with your body
0: mm-hmm.
1: because unfortunately – I don't know if, you know, you're ever going to be that, that 100%, but the more you're comfortable, the more you can like get excited about getting dressed and, you know, putting together fun outfits that make you like feel really confident. The love just is going to come after, you know, because you're not going to like love yourself at all sizes if you look like a crazy person trying to fit into these clothes that don't fit you you know
0: right and it just makes you feel bad like it's right I think we also just as a society of obviously are always put so much literal weight into like sizing and you know our bodies change and that's part of what we talked about last night in our group is that you know of course my body's going to be different turning almost 30 than it was at 21 totally like, also, just being honest with that part of it is like we age and things change. Like, yeah, your body changes and that's okay. Yeah. Like, people have babies and their bodies change. Like, you're never the thing we talked about last night, you know, and I don't have a child, but we have a lot of women in the group right now that have had kids. Why do we continue to coin this phrase in the world and in diet culture as my pre baby body when it's right, like, right your pre-baby body doesn't exist. You just had kids.
1: Right. And your life is so different also.
0: But it's literally, you you don't have a pre-baby body anymore. You have a post-baby body. Like, it just, it's little things like that that just drive me up a wall because I'm like, this is bullshit. You don't even, (laughs) it's just like, women will give birth. It's like the most amazing thing ever. And then they're like, I and hate people body.
1: are shamed though. Yes. Like I'm sure you definitely follow the bird's papaya. Yeah. Oh yes. And I love the stuff that she talks about with that. Like while uh, you're pregnant, everyone will comment on your body and celebrate it. And you're glowing and look how big your belly is. It's so exciting. Blah, blah. And then the second you pop the baby out, all of a sudden – oh, like, when are you going to lose the baby weight? That person bounced back. What are you doing? Like, no, yep. it's we could, similar. we could go way far in that <laughs> <Exactly>. direction.
0: <laughs> like we could have a whole other podcast episode about that. Specific,
1: Literally. <laughs> that specific
0: photo. Um, yeah. So I think that there is, like you said, a lot of things we do in the body Slow method, they're honestly beneficial for anybody. I think that Part of what the deeper meaning is of the work we do is that most of the women I coach with, all of their self-worth is tied to their appearance, whether it's positive or negative. And so it's also about teaching women, we live in a world that's, that has groomed us to believe that how we look is the way that we're gonna be desired. It's how we're gonna get a relationship. It's, I mean, we hear all these things. Don't dress too sexy at work, but don't dress too conservative. Don't do this, don't do that. So our whole lives we're being told how we should or shouldn't look. Of course, we're gonna struggle with what our appearance looks like. But a big part of it is that also helping these women find other aspects of who they are that they can love besides their body. Like there's so much to love about who we are as people and the things we do in life and our goals and, you know, our relationships and, and whatever fuels your self-love and self-worth tank. How do we get that moving in a direction that isn't just about getting into the certain size jeans or about people telling you how skinny you look. It's really, you know, discovering that other piece of who you are.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that's huge and yeah, it's, to no fault of our own. Like I can remember not calling him out, but cause he did the best that he could and he was a great dad. But I remember like my dad saying things about, Oh, like don't wear this, don't wear that. Because only like girls like this wear stuff like that or like at school, how insane they were about the dress code for only the girls and making us wear these like ridiculous, like lost and found clothes if we wore spaghetti straps or, you know, whatever. Like one time I was like told to wear my cheerleading uniform to school and then got in trouble and got sent home because my skirt was too short. And I was like, well, this is the skirt the school gave me and then forced me to wear at school. So, and like even in college, in college, I wasn't allowed to wear a tank top to the gym.
0: Wow. Like
1: girls were not allowed to wear tank tops to the gym because it was too distracting for the guys.
0: And this is so, so that's grown
1: adults in college.
0: college. Yeah. So like, of
1: course you're going to think all of the time about how you're appearing to the world. It's not our fault.
0: No. And it's totally been like a, you know, for me, like, because obviously you point out like distraction for the guys and, Again, that's like a whole other conversation itself. Right, but right.
1: like maybe they can just like keep. To it me, I'm pants.
0: like, why do I need to continue <laughs> focusing on my appearance for the sake of how a guy is going to either love, treat, or desire or not desire me? But this is something at a young age that I couldn't. You know, I was so on the opposite spectrum of wanting that approval. My high school boyfriend, you know, he. Grew up in a really Greek and Italian traditional family. The mm-hmm. dad would make comments about the mother's body, and so he was like monkey see, monkey do. Right. But at 13 and 14, mm-hmm. I'm a baby at that time, right? And basically, all throughout high school, as we were together a long time. Like little things that you'll be told, especially when you're in a relationship like that, was really obsessed with me having a flat stomach, liked my hair straight, like. Super things about my appearance that I carried on for so long. I mean, when you're so young,
1: too, that like are those are very formative years,
0: (laughs) exactly. And it creates a heightened sensitivity, right? Like, I will always have some sensitivity to how my stomach looks. It's literally just part of how you know I work really hard on not thinking that way, but because it's such a young age, I was told I was only pretty. If I had a flat stomach, it's like.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> and not, yeah. I mean, in society too, it's right. like doubling down on that. So,
0: yeah, there was some, um, because I know you brought the boys papaya, there was, I forget, but there was some other Instagram picture I saw a bunch of people circulating recently. And it was like, you know, because now ho- female hormonal health is definitely like a big trend in social media, which I'm like all for. Yeah. But it was talking about how like, Right. Most women we all have a little extra fat in our lower stomach because it is literally to support our hormones and when we're a baby. And this woman talked about like her whole life trying to like erase this thing that is literally like the most important part of her body. Right. (laughs) It's like it's so crazy. Yeah. Right. It's yeah, I know. And
1: then I saw one because I definitely have seen like a bunch of those, which I I had the same exact reaction of like freaking duh, like, our bodies are just preparing ourselves for like, whether or not you're gonna do it, your body is gonna widen your hips and store more fat around your midsection. Um, But then I also saw another one that was like, also a very like body positive account. That was like, you also don't need the excuse of it protecting your organs. Like, it's okay if you have fat on your stomach, because like, we're human. And yes. I was like, yeah, that too. Like
0: <laughs> exactly. Jeez. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's so true. And it's um, I think it's really insightful. Like a lot of the women I've worked with, you know, I, I have women of all different sizes, which actually I find so educational. Yeah. For sure. Because people put a label that women with eating disorders and disordered eating habits are typically or whatever thin is by definition, and that's just not the case. And so I've also found it so educational for myself and other women I work with to learn this whole new perspective, right? Because in the grand scheme of things, I struggled with these things always in a smaller body, but to learn from women of what it's like to not basically living against the societal norm, as we would say it like day in and day out. Yeah, it's a very educational experience as well. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I would imagine because I think that's something that like I struggle with finding the balance for like I want to share my experiences with, you know, like some disordered eating and body image stuff. But at the same time, I realize the privilege that I've had for during all of it. I still was living in a body size that society, like, really accepts. Yeah. So it's, like, not always my space to be, like, educating people on, like, body positivity when, like,
0: mm-hmm. I haven't
1: had the same experiences right. as other people, you know? Yeah.
0: So, no, I totally understand that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much to- <laughs> There's so much to talk about on this topic always.
1: <laughs> so much. Um, but just looking at the clock now, let's do a little rapid fire round to round it out. Okay. Um. Okay. We'll start funny, silly, and then get into some better stuff. Um, so if you could be a part of any friend group from any show, which would you choose?
0: Oh my God. A friend group of any show. <laughs> Um, it would probably be the Real Housewives of New York. Yes. (laughs) Don't judge me. I love the Housewives. Oh,
1: I am a Bravo stan. Uh,
0: Or maybe Summer House. I got really into Summer House this past year. Yep. Girl. (laughs) Got really into Summer House.
1: (laughs) I would love to be best friends with Amanda Petula. Yes. If you're listening, Amanda, I know
0: you're not. (laughs) But we want to be your bestie.
1: (laughs) quite literally, um, favorite song or artist to move to either right now or of all time.
0: <sighs> I know I'm having a resurgence. I mean, I've always loved Nicki Minaj. Oh, sorry. Yeah. My crunchy is a little loud. Um, I've always loved Nicki Minaj and I'm having like a resurgence of her again, Yeah, She's like, all the things. And I've been listening to her pink Friday album, like on repeat. again.
1: <laughs> that one was such a good one
0: so good
1: yeah Yeah, I feel like I have those times too where like you hear a song in like class or like randomly on the radio or something and you're like wait a second I forgot about this
0: yes but in classes I'm all about like the hypey headbanger yeah all day long yeah
1: love it um a non-negotiable in your daily routine
0: a non-negotiable in my daily routine would be Probably walking my dog, yeah. Yeah, every day. getting outside. Love and it. You do it without a phone.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I like always listen to a podcast or something when I walk Poe, and then like at the end of the day, I'm like, I literally was just like consuming content at all moments right. of the day. Like, I need to like turn it off. <laughs> um, first thing you do in the morning.
0: First thing I do in the morning, actually check te- check my temperature. Um. I have PCOS. And so no. I've been healing it this past year. Um, so I check my temperature first thing in the morning. It helps with tracking your cycle.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. We're going to have to talk about this because yeah. I think I'm about to go down that journey. I need to take my IUD out. I just have been like,
0: it is nervous a-
1: too. And I like, kind of think that I do have PCOS and like, we're going to figure it out. So it's,
0: yeah, it I'll is. Text, a- you. 30, yeah. <laughs> text me because I have a lot to say. <laughs>
1: uh anyway favorite exercise
0: Ooh, favorite exercise I love to do like bicep work yeah <laughs> it's really ridiculous I just feel like as a woman seeing my freaking biceps popping in the mirror I'm like yes like I am into it so
1: oh, it's <laughs> so real I'm totally the same and like Nothing feels better than when, like, a male comments on how much you're curling.
0: Yes. Like, yeah, I am. Yeah. How
1: much are you curling?
0: Yep, Itch. exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your favorite meal.
0: Oh, my favorite meal. Um, I love pad thai. Like, mm. I like – eat Thai food and just be very happy having that or coffee. This is not a meal, but coffee Oreo ice cream is my favorite thing. Like bury me in a gallon of coffee Oreo ice cream like that.
1: I'm very into that. Obsessed. Very into (laughs) it. Um, Your go-to either pre or post workout snacks or meals.
0: It's a good question. I feel like, this answer is so different than it would have been because as I shared, I have PCOS. And so I'm learning all about food in a new light. Yeah. Um, probably post-workout these days is I love to make a smoothie um, or I might do something like really bodybuilder style and do like piece of chicken, some rice, Yeah. You know, really basic, but I love it. lately have been kind of my favorite.
1: yeah, sometimes basic is the best. Yeah. It's don't need so to complicate cool. it. Um, biggest lesson from the last year.
0: Ooh, biggest lesson from the last year, um, to trust my body. Um, like I said, I, I got diagnosed with PCOS. I also have a lot of chronic GI issues, which have really, they really came to light in 2020. Um, and just being able to trust my body that it's like, I'm working to heal it and also trust that it's going to, it will heal with time, just knowing that it knows what it's doing on its own as well.
1: Yeah. That's huge. And like so many friends, I feel like, um, what do you do on a bad body image day to turn it around?
0: What I do in a bad body image day is it's usually a couple things. Um, Everyone is different, but I, in the past, on bad body image days, would, like, literally stand in the mirror and ridicule my body. So I don't avoid mirrors, but I certainly don't spend time in them. Like, I'm like yeah. – keep it going, keep it moving along. So that's, like, a thing specific to me. Um, no, I, I think that's, say- like, very
1: relatable, yeah. though.
0: Yeah, like, I just used to really pick – I would stand in the mirror and pick myself apart, and now it's kind of, like, get dressed, put it – you know, put fake it till you make it, put the smile on, and get your ass out the door. Like, keep it moving. Yeah. Um, sure. Other thing that I do is I really try to detach from things that are causing me stress or anxiety. Um, I think it's a really – good learning moment for people to figure out when you're having a bad body image day. And sometimes you're just going to have them, right? Like you just are having life. Exactly. It's life, it's emotions. But a lot of times for me, if I'm really stressed and anxious, that will pivot into my body image. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times I'll ask myself, okay, What am I feeling drawn to impulsively wanting to do, which is usually something that is not good for my body. It could be restricting. It could be over-exercising. It could be online shopping. Who knows? (laughs) What do I actually need to do right now? And for me, it's typically like, take a few deep breaths, get outside for a walk, get off of Instagram. That's like a big thing. Get off of Instagram. Um, And sometimes journaling. I'm really, you know, journaling, I think at the beginning of healing, my body image was huge. And now it's more of a tool if I'm having those days of kind of just channeling, well, what's going on today? How can I, how can I get it off of my chest in some way?
1: Yeah. I think that's huge. Like it's emotions are information. Yes. So roll with it, mm-hmm. tap into it.
0: Yeah. For and sure.
1: like the mirror thing is so relatable. Like there are definitely days where I'll catch myself. Cause like I used to do the same, like body checking, always yeah. like lifting up your shirt, like, Can I see any abs? Totally. And it's not like you don't have to like avoid mirrors. But if you know that what you're gonna do in the mirror that day isn't gonna serve you, then like, yeah, get dressed. Yeah. Yeah. Just forget about it.
0: Exactly. Like (laughs) no fear triggers with that for
1: sure. Totally. Um, okay, last one, finish the sentence. I'm pretty much always.
0: I'm pretty much always working.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sounds like it. You are busy.
0: Yes. Um, And I'm working on doing less of that, really trying, but I'm pretty much always working.
1: Yeah. You'll get there. Find the balance. Yeah. It's all right. This is the time in life to really grind it out.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it ebbs and flows. Yeah. Yeah. Totally.
1: Totally. Um, all right. Do you have any books, podcasts, resources, anything like that, that either you're currently loving or like have always stuck with you?
0: Yes. Um, one of my favorite, well, two of my favorite books. I haven't been, I haven't been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. I feel like I've just been trying to do the nature time when I would have been Love podcasting. That. So two books that are, were huge for me personally were uh, Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. Mm-hmm. She wrote this before she was as famous as she is now with Untamed. Oh, sorry.
1: No, you're good.
0: My dog, he's crazy. No. In uh, this
1: last week's episode or the one that came out today, Poe like howled okay. in the middle of it. Like it happens.
0: <laughs> I was like, he? yeah, he's a friend genie's he's playing around with his toy. Um, so Love Warrior by Glennon Doyle. That, okay. that book, I cannot recommend enough if you're struggling with body image and self-worth. And she has such a fascinating story before her journey with Abby and Untamed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really so good. And I felt so seen in that book. Um, and then the gifts of imperfection by Brene Brown, amazing book. It does a lot of exercises around shame and guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're able to really instantly do them and apply them into your life, which is what I love about it. It's, it's like a book with a little bit of a workbook style. Love that. Um, can't recommend them enough. Yeah.
1: Love it. Awesome. Well, hype yourself up. Where can everybody find you?
0: So you can find me at my website, which is izzyatkinson.com. Um, and I just updated it. So it's like way better now. I can Um,
1: confirm. It looks great. (laughs)
0: Oh yeah, thank God I hired someone because I have no idea what I'm doing myself. Um, None of us do. (laughs) Yeah, no idea. Um, And then my Instagram, izzy.atkinson. That's definitely probably, you know, the social media platform I'm the most active on. Um, I'll be taking, you know, we'll be enrolling on Body Love Soul at the end of the summer. So if you have questions or interested about that, my Instagram and website's a great resource. Um, And you can catch me at Barry's all the time if you want to come sweat. I need um, to come. Yeah, please do come. But yeah, that's where you can catch me. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you so much. This was so great. And we got to have you on again.
0: I know. This was really fun. I'm really, I'm really happy that I got to be here. And yeah, always great to talk about these things.
1: I love it. All right. Thanks again.
0: All right. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you for listening to the Build with Raybag podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at buildwithbrabeck and our website, www.buildwithbrabeck.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.